This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Build Business Acumen Podcast, where we deliver practical knowledge and powerful guidance. Here is your futuristic host, Nathaniel Schooler. We have a really great episode for you today. Connor Gillivan is the co-founder of FreeUp, and he's actually the marketing director there. And he actually has grown lots and lots of different businesses. And yeah, it's quite an exciting episode, this one. You're going to like it, I think. He uh, He's reached, I believe they've reached 9 million in annual sales as from last year. So they're, they're on to some rapid growth over there. And he's actually been building businesses since he was around 16 years old. And he's actually scaled two companies to over a million US dollars in yearly sales. Very interesting. So welcome to the show, Connor. We uh, we look forward to hearing hearing your uh, insights. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on the call today. Been an entrepreneur, you know, by trade since I was in college. Um, started my first business there in the e-commerce space. My current business partner, who I'm still working with on my second venture, was the one that I started the first business with, and. We, we were selling a lot of product through Amazon.com and, uh, you know, we, we built up a whole team that was managing different dropship relationships and, uh, building technology to make it so that the suppliers could sell their products more easily on Amazon. So wow. really cool, ex- really cool experience there. Um, had a, had a good, a good run with, you know, building out a team. Uh, we had an office and hiring a lot of people overseas as well. So just a overall awesome experience there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then it, we, we kind of transitioned. So we had, we had gotten to a point with that business where we were, we were, we were looking for just something new, something else to work on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that with, with being under Amazon, just as a seller, you had certain ceilings that you would eventually run into just because of how large they are and how they run their marketplace. Um, and so we had done all this hiring and, and we didn't really love the experiences we were having on platforms like Upwork and Odesk and Elance and Freelancer, these, these places where you can just post a job and, uh, then interview and, and make the hire yourself. And so we created Free Up, which is all about connecting business owners with the top 1% of online freelancers. And we do all that, that work up front. We have a team that interviews and vets the freelancers. And then they only get into the network once they've proven themselves that they'll be reliable and are actually skilled. Mm-hmm. And then we make them available to businesses. So that, that business has been around for about 18 months now and it's been growing pretty quickly and we're seeing a lot of traction with people liking it as a alternative to the Upworks and the other online sites. The first question I have for you is how do people stay focused in the early stages of a startup? Absolutely. I think this is definitely a, a tough thing to do when you're you're starting a business, whether it's your first time or your second or, you know, even if it's your fifth. Uh, I would say the first year and even the first six months is definitely when you have to hunker down and, and try to stay focused as possible. 
And some some ways are, you know, a strategy that I've used and my business partner has used over the past seven years that we've been building a couple businesses is making sure that you you have a, a good plan of, of where you're headed and what you're looking to achieve in in given time ranges. So I, I think for me, the, the first thing is I, I really always like to have a one year plan, a very definite plan, not necessarily exactly how I'm going to get there. But just a, a short-term vision that says in one year the business will be at this point and we'll be, you know, providing this service to our customers. Mm-hmm. So, so having that that good one-year plan, I've, I found is really helpful for me. And then what I like to do is to to make sure that I stay focused. I just break it down, right? So if I have that one-year vision, if I'm in quarter one, what do I have to achieve in this first quarter to actually make that that vision in the first year come true? And then on a, a daily and weekly basis, how can I break that down and, and use time buckets? So splitting each day or splitting each week into different projects and divvying up my focus to make sure that I'm continually working towards that 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 end goal that I'm that I'm trying to go after in, in that first year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes that makes makes a lot of sense. So over over to the next one. Uh, what are your top ways to get traffic to your online businesses sure so I, we've we've experimented with a lot of these um, over the past couple of years one that's been the biggest is actually what we're doing today is is going out and, and talking with other podcast hosts and getting on interviews to to speak about the business to kind of share our thoughts on our own industry and then also answer questions about what that podcast host is interested in. So podcasts have been a huge um, refer to our website and to bring more traffic in. Hmm. Another one has been um, just through word of mouth and our own referral program. So one thing that we've tapped into a lot since we started Free Up is making sure that we give our, our top customers or our first customers the, the best experience possible. So we're we're very hands-on. We like to keep in touch and build a relationship with our clients to make sure that they're really happy with their hiring experience and they don't get a repeat poor experience of what they had had in the past. Um, and, and we also have a referral program that incentivizes them to then share the free up experience with their community as well. Mm-hmm. So as as we've built our our group of customers from you know the first month to now 18 months into the business. We have this program where we're continually encouraging our customers to share their experience with others, and that's that brings in a lot of traffic every day and every month. Right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense because keeping the costs down as well, because you can spend fortunes on paid traffic, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah, so we, we do a little bit of that. We've gotten into that um, this year just because it, it, we've kind of we went through a lot of the more of your free marketing strategies that you can do. Um, and, and I think there is a time that's right for paid traffic, and you definitely want to find someone who's an expert in it so that you're you're optimizing it from the get-go. But I don't know if it's the, the best move for someone who's bootstrapping a business, you know, within the first year or so. Yeah. So do you think social media is a time suck or another way <laughs> to get traffic and build relationships? That's a great question. I think it definitely can become a time suck um, if you don't have your right wits about it and you don't have the right strategies that you want to take with it. But I have seen both with my personal brand and then also with uh, with growing free up that 
social media, when you choose the right ones and when you find your way into the right niches, can be a great way to bring more traffic to your content or to your website or to to garner new signups to, let's say, your email list or even to become clients. Um, so for, for myself, for when I, when I was saying for my personal brand um, and then also the business, a, a big way that I've found a way to, to drive a lot of traffic is by getting involved in different Facebook groups within my niche. Um, so whether it's e-commerce or online hiring or freelancing, finding these groups where people are actually active, it's not just a lot of spam, It's and there's a good moderator, um, finding your way in there introducing yourself, you know, showing that you're relevant to this group, and then finding ways to contribute to people's posts, whether you're answering questions. And then from time to time, you can also post your own content. Maybe you have a new blog article or you're going to go live on Facebook to share some content that would be relevant. Getting involved and putting those into those groups can bring a lot more people to your website. And then if they continue to see you contributing, they'll continue to come to your site and either turn into customers or email subscribers. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I I, uh, I agree with that. I mean, I think certainly if you've got a local business, getting into a local mm. uh, group certainly on Facebook, LinkedIn even is is very useful, most definitely. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, like you say though, it is about planning for sure, for sure. Yeah. You know, and it's it's overwhelming too because with with all the social media channels now, if you're just starting a business, you you may think you you need to be on all of them and to manage you know putting out content every single day and, and being consistent can be a lot of work if you're you're trying to do it by yourself and that's you know that's maybe 2 to 3 hours out of each day that you're trying to just manage that when you have everything else you have to do to grow your business so yeah. it it is definitely a balancing act and trying to figure out the best way to do it when you're starting up yeah it's it's something that Yes, it's important, but it's all down to the business that you're in. I mean, uh, some people don't mm-hmm. even, some people don't need it at all. You know, right. everyone, all these agencies are turning around to them and saying, well, guys, you have to be on this platform and you've got to blog every day and you need to do video. And, and the people in their businesses are just going, uh, and they're completely overwhelmed by yep. these sort of, the agencies that use these tactics of confusion, they confuse yeah. people to the point of them saying, please, can you do it for me? You yep. know, and, 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 and I have real problems with that uh, and the techniques that they use to do that. I think if I think people need my, my personal feeling on with business and agencies and stuff is, you know, if, if you go into a business and they've got certain skills and they want to grow those skills, then you help them to grow those skills and you help them along the way as a sort of partnership arrangement, you know, and that's my take, really. Um, yeah, I yeah. I agree with you there. And I, th- I think, like you said, it, it totally does depend on your business, too. Um, if it doesn't make sense, you you don't have to be creating blog articles every single day. For me, it's it's just find out who your your customer is and, and make sure you're putting out some consistent content that's adding value directly to them. I think that's what's most important. It's not necessarily just about the volume. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely the quality, quality over quantity for sure. But if you can get the both happening, then you, 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 you're going to be doing really well. I mean, we, we ideally want one piece of content out every day. That's what we, mm-hmm. that's what we're going for. And because Garen yep. and I write quite a lot, we can, we can achieve that. Um, yep. you know, but it isn't easy. Anyone that said it was easy, uh, I don't know, I don't know quite whether they've tried to do it themselves or not. 
definitely. It is. It, it's a lot to, to put out one piece each day if you're, if it's just split between a couple of people. That's a lot of work. It is. It is. But I suppose it's like anything, right? If you really enjoy it, then, then, mm-hmm. then you're going to do it. You, you're going to love it. I mean, I, I, personally, I can write now probably a thousand words in about 20 minutes when I get, mm-hmm. when I get going. Yeah. Yep. And then I have to go back and edit it. So I suppose it depends on the medium, doesn't it, as well? Because you could always take a video and you can turn that into a podcast and then you can turn that into an yep. article or you can turn your podcast into a video and, you know, mm-hmm. and an article. So, yeah, I think it's, it's having the skills on board, isn't it, really? Sort of, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like you said, knowing ways to, to, to repurpose the content as well, because there's so many ways you can do that and, you appeal to different people every single time you put it out in a different way. Yeah. Uh, someone might enjoy reading more than listening to a video or listening to audio. So you you appeal to different people by doing that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's just so many platforms. This is the problem. And, and if you try and be everywhere, like you were saying, if you try and be everywhere, you're going to matter to no one. No one is going to take any notice because you're just not going to have any impact. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so... I've got the next question here. What is the one crucial thing startup founders should do? Of course. So I'm, I'm going into this kind of thinking that uh, that you'll have a, a co-founder. And one of the, the biggest things, the, the most crucial things that I've found to, be, to, to do is important is to make sure that you divvy up your responsibilities or your roles uh, between your co-founders completely based off each other's strengths when you're getting started. Mm-hmm. I think that when you're starting a business, if you, if you don't divvy up responsibilities, uh, there's going to be a lot of stepping on toes just because there's so much going on yeah. and it can lead to a lot of inefficiency. So one crucial thing I've found to, to be extremely helpful is, you know, taking a little bit of time to sit down, identifying the major projects that you know you want to tackle over, you know, let's say the next three to six months, and then figuring out the roles of you and your co-founders so that you each can tackle those individually. Of course, meet and give updates and, and get inspiration from each other, but make sure that you're each set out on your own path to, to help the company grow. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that makes, makes, makes a lot of sense. I mean, Garen and I, whilst we look like we've got the same skills, we are we i i'm very good at getting people onto the podcasts and he's very good at helping me to 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 edit them and and and, and he's got many skills actually <laughs> he's very good at websites as well and i i'm the one that sort of messes the website up and he's the one that fixes <laughs> it yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you know but um let me see what else have i got here so do you think it's important to create a clearly defined target market or can you adjust as you go and start wide and then go into mm-hmm. more narrow? Or would you do mm-hmm. the opposite? Yeah, so so I like um, I like having multiple defined markets when getting started. So not necessarily, you know, pigeonholing yourself into one and if that doesn't work out you have to go back to the drawing board. The the way that I like to do it and the way that we started free up was we uh, we knew that we had you know, three or four services or products that we were going to be looking to offer. When we started, we were offering some consulting services and e-commerce. We were offering um, some Amazon courses on how to safely sell on the marketplace. And then we were also selling, you know, what's become the core of the business in, um, you know, giving out freelancers to business owners for hourly rates. So we had these different services, and the way that we started it out was we we chose different niches of people or of business owners 
uh, whether it be, you know, Amazon sellers, eBay sellers, people running their own Shopify store, uh, digital marketing agencies. And we, we kind of chose these different niches. I think we had four or five to start. And we, we started reaching out to them and trying to create customers out of them as we were first getting off the ground. Mm-hmm. And what we found as we collected research, and we did this over three to six months, we learned a lot about who was most interested in the different products that we were offering and uh, how we could continue to focus in on our, you know, our most loyal target customer as we were moving forward. So I definitely encourage people to, to look at the different options for where their product or service may be the best fit and test those different markets out as they're getting started. Mm, that's really that's really good advice. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Yeah, and because yeah. if you like, you can start completely broad, but that could that sometimes leads to a lot of inefficiency because if you're just like all right, we're just going to go after everyone and pick then the ones that are interested. You could be going after ones that just don't really make sense for your product. So I think it's important to identify those ones that you think would be a fit first. And then as you keep going, you hone in on the ones that that are the best. And maybe you come back to the ones that didn't work out at the top level, but we're still interested later on as you're building the business. Yeah. That ma- that makes sense, yeah, because you might just slightly change what you're doing and potentially may put another offering in there, another product or or, or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we're sure. looking we're looking at offering some 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 workshops, like a, maybe like a two week positioning yep. workshop. So so when people actually come down, we're probably going to do that in Belize or somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've got an island in mind. So nice. then we're gonna we're gonna have some great food. We're gonna we're gonna have like maybe twenty twenty five people max, um, mm-hmm. and and then everybody is gonna kind of just just you know uh, get stuck into building their personal brand. And that I think that's awesome. Yeah, it should be very good fun, and it will be exciting to do as well. You know, so but you know that would not appeal to certain markets, right? Certain markets are going to be like, oh, I need, I can't do that, or you know, <laughs> it's not going to work for them. I think it's probably more of an entrepreneur's product, actually. Yep. Um, an entrepreneur who 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 may have, I mean, I, I speak to a lot of them, and they've started a business, they've made a very successful business, but they've never mm-hmm. really built their personal brand. So, yep. and then they're like, well, I'm going to sell my business in a couple of years' time. Uh, mm-hmm. What am I going to do? And then they, and right. then they, and then they, they're kind of like, well, I need to build my brand. You know, mm-hmm. so I think for that particular product, that's that's probably where we're going to go. But, yeah. you know, I mean, in terms of the most success in your business, where where do you think it came from? How did it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in, in particular to free up the it's kind of split into, I guess, two things. One I had mentioned before, which was our referral program. Um, so this is this has been something that's been allowing us to grow ex- extremely rapidly over the past year or so um, by by setting this referral program up that that really gives our customers an incentive to share the experience with their friend and, and then bring them into the free up network. So mm-hmm. that's we've seen a lot of success from that, and um, I, I encourage a lot of people on different podcasts that I'm that I'm on to to look into creating some form of a referral or affiliate program and mm-hmm. and finding ways to tap into your customers. Um, it, you know, if you give them that little incentive, just that little extra push and they can see that they they get some sort of reward from you for for bringing in more business, that can be a a great sign for them to to keep going with it. So I would say that's one of the the biggest successes. 
the the second one is it really revolves around um, you know the reason why FreeUp was built and the, the the success I'm talking about is coming up with a mindset and really believing in the power of utilizing freelancers to build your your company. So when when back back when we were working on our first venture, we we weren't hiring a lot of people at first, and and we were just continuing to put more and more works on our plate. And uh, I think this is a, a common trait of most entrepreneurs. You you kind of think you're you can be a superman or a superwoman to an extent, and and just keep working more, working more hours, getting more done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we what we what we learned was the the power of delegation can really free up your time and allow you to stay focused on continuing to grow the business rather than working within it. And so that's a that's been a big focus of ours as we build free up. We we build systems and processes for the different projects or the different the different teams of our our company. And then once those are set up and, and we have a good holding, we have good training guides and, and materials about those, we then try to bring in people who are skilled and have experience within those areas to help run those for us. While, of course, we continue to lead and manage them, um, they're able to do a lot of the operations so we can continue to work on growth projects. So I think that's been a huge success for us in, in building free up. That's, that's really good advice. Yeah, I like that. I mean, then it creates a tangible value that you can sell if you want to sell the business later, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. if you have a, you know, that, that core team that, that's really making everything work and, and continuing to push it along. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how would you scale a bootstrap startup if you had to start with nothing again? <laughs> that's a, that's quite the loaded question. Um, I know, that, I know. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it 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 comes back a little bit to to what I was just saying. Um, I think the the first thing you really have to do, and I mean, it, it goes into a lot of what we've just been talking about, is you definitely want to figure out what your your core product or service is going to be. You want to know, you know, what value you're offering to your potential customer. And you want to also know, you know, what your competitors are offering. So you can, you can show that you're an alternative to, to what someone else is doing. Mm-hmm. I think then you, you, as we were talking, you want to figure out who your potential customers are. Yeah. And you want to reach out to them in, in whatever forms it may be, whether you're creating content or you're reaching directly out to them or, you're finding other ways through social media or different marketing strategies to get in touch with them. That's a that's a big step when you're first bootstrapping and starting a company. You want to create that relationship with your first customer so you can really learn about them. You can get feedback from them on the first versions of your product so yeah. you can continue to make iterations, continue to improve. Yeah. And you can keep them interested in what you're doing um, and, and then utilize them in different ways. So, you know, build out that that first team, and then the the biggest thing for me when when bootstrapping any startup is is coming down to those systems and processes. I think that's so important of making sure that you standardize things that you and your co-founders are doing on a daily basis, so that it doesn't just become dependent upon your, yourselves. Um, you can you can have things on paper that say, you know, this is our secret sauce to how we do social media. And I know that I could train someone else on this. You know, this is how the processes for payment work with our company. And I can now pass that off to a bookkeeper or an accountant. So mm-hmm. I think that's a, a big aspect of, of trying to bootstrap your, your startup. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so, so that really leads into the next question. Do you have any useful tips on scaling? Mm, definitely. So, yeah, so one piece of advice would be when you're ready, and this, this doesn't have to be full-time people, but when you're ready to move into areas where you or your co-founders are not necessarily experts, make sure that you hire someone who is an expert in that area and can really push it forward. Um, so an, an example that I can give is just recently, within the past six months, we decided that we wanted to start to experiment with Facebook ads. Um, we saw that we had created a lot of relationships with influencers within e-commerce through Facebook, and, and we had built a pretty good following of people who were interested in, in freelancing and online hiring. And I sat down with my business partner, and and we were starting to talk about it, and we we kind of realized that I myself may have been the the best person to to take it on and and learn about Facebook ads and and figure out how to, you know, create custom audiences and and break it down so that we were trying to target the, the people that would be interested in our business. But what we eventually decided upon was that it would take me far too much time and energy being pulled away from other aspects of the business where I do have an expertise to try to get that set up. And so we, we made the decision to, you know, start to interview, start to look for people that were experts within Facebook ads that could help us get the foundation for our ad set up, could help us give us advice on content that we should be creating and ad copy that could be used. And that's made a huge difference in our ability to scale new customers through Facebook ads had um, you know, had we not gone that route, had we not found someone who was an expert in that, it could have it could not be a, a part of our business that's bringing in new customers today. So I think that's a big part of scaling, knowing when is the right time to bring in someone else to help you grow in areas where you're not smartest. Yeah, I mean, there's so there's so many people out there with so much expertise, and it's 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 definitely about picking the specialists because there are you know there are all sorts of agencies that claim to be experts in this this, this mm-hmm. and this, but actually they're not at all, and they're only really an expert in outsourcing. So right. you know you're better off finding people who who can actually do what you need doing really. Uh, for yeah, sure, for sure. I- yeah. I agree with you there too. It's it, I I love finding the like you said whether it's a um, you know just a specialist or a freelancer who who's been doing it for years who is just going to charge you an hourly rate. You can easily set a budget by saying you know I'm interested in in having you for five hours a week to to see how things go getting started. I think that's a, a much better route than you know trying to go for an agency or a, a large consultancy that's going to have monthly fees and, and all these different uh, bells and whistles that you may not need as you're getting started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, especially if you don't have any data, that's very difficult to start off yeah. with, you know. It's, 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 it's not easy. But so do you have any affiliate tips for building new affiliate partners? Mm. Yes, absolutely. So the my my advice is is kind of broad um but it's it's brought me a lot of success and i i think it's the whole attitude that you have when you're you're trying to reach out to people that you think could be a good affiliate or a good referrer for your business because a lot of these people you're going to be reaching out to are you know they're probably an influencer to some extent they have a community of people that follow their content and listen to what they're saying and so 
something that I found to be extremely uh, helpful is first do your research. So if you're going to be reaching out to someone and you're trying to create a business relationship where they're going to be sending you new business, make sure that you understand who they are, get a little bit of a background of their um, their work experience, whether you're just checking out their LinkedIn or if they have their own website, look into what they're doing today so that you can be relevant while you're talking to them. And when you actually outreach to them, be honest in, in what your, your reason is for reaching out to them and also show that you, you did your research and that it's a very custom email. I, I think one of the biggest turnoffs for, for people is just receiving boilerplate template emails where you can tell that the only thing changed was the name right at the top of the, the email. Um, so I think when you when you actually go into it with a, an honest approach and you're trying to create a real connection, that makes a big difference in, in being able to bring on new affiliates or people that are going to be excited about your business. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So do you think personal branding is important? 100%. Um, I've been working at mine, my personal brand, for the past about year and a half now. Um, it wasn't something that we had to get into much when we were building our Amazon business because most of the marketing and advertising was all handled by Amazon. Um, and, you know, the name of our company, the brand of our company was was very small in significance to, to the other things that we could be doing with the business. But as we've started to build free up, my I've, I've had a big focus on building my own personal brand because we are creating a lot more relationships with business owners, with influencers, with people within the industry. And I mean, what do you do when you, when someone reaches out to you? My, my first step is usually to Google someone. Um, so if, if I get zero results or, you know, if I just can't find any information about the person, I may not try to go down another rabbit hole. Um, so personal branding just in that aspect is so important. You want there to be, you know, pages of results telling, telling that person about yourself with good social media profiles that show you're active and, and talking about, the, the industry that you're in and the expertise that you're trying to portray. So personal branding is a, a huge aspect of, of growing your business. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't can't agree more on that one. <laughs> but uh, do you think is there anything else you'd like to you'd like to talk about, or are you, are you happy to finish on this on this note here? Up to you. Right? Um, yeah, I think I think that was a good note. This was a this was a fun conversation. I love talking about the the starting stages of a business and. Um, I, like I said, I, I think one of the big, biggest ways that people can grow naturally and organically as they're, they're getting started is by making sure that they delegate things off of their plate and find other really smart people that, that care about their business, care about their culture, care about their purpose, and, and can help them drive it forward as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. would you like to explain what, what, what you have done and, and what you do and a little bit about yourself before I uh, and, and how people contact you and what you can do for them and this sort of stuff? Yeah, of course. Um, so so as, uh, as we kind of said in the beginning, um, I, I started my first business while I was in college. It was an e-commerce business selling uh, products on Amazon.com. I helped build that up to uh, a business that's now – Today, collectively sold over $20 million worth of product, and at the peak, we had a team of about 60 people that were running this operation. So, amazing experience there, and it really led into this second venture, freeup.com. That's F-R-E-E-E-Up.com, 
And uh, it's all about connecting business owners with extremely reliable freelancers so that they can build their business. Mm-hmm. And within that company, I'm the, the chief marketing officer, so I handle most of our marketing, advertising, um, and relationship-building strategies. And uh, I'm always looking for new opportunities to, to connect with people. So if you are interested in finding me, you can, of course, check out freeup.com. I have my own website, connorgillivan.com, where I write about e-commerce and being an entrepreneur. And then you can also find me on Facebook and Twitter. My handle is just my name, Connor Gillivan. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe and wherever you prefer, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed the show, drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.